0: Okay, now we're recording. So welcome to Teach Wonder. Yes, welcome to Teach Wonder,
1: a podcast hosted by Ashley O'Neill and Julie
2: Cunningham. Before we introduce you to the people in today's podcast, I feel like a small timeline recap is in order. You can hear the full episode that does a deep dive into Insight with Dr. Wilene Pingle. I've linked that in the show notes. But for today, here are the key details you'll need before we get started. Dr. Pingle was brought on by the College of Science and Engineering to lead a new project at CMU called Insight. Now, there are many players involved in Insight, but Wilene's name will come up often. She's one of the faculty members teaching in the spring, and she was the individual that we interviewed about this program initially. So what is Insight? Well, it's a certificate that undergraduate students can get alongside their degree. It's currently open for students who are in the College of Science and Engineering. The program's first classes will start meeting in January of 2023, and it's focused on problem-based methods where students from diverse disciplines work together to research and solve real-world initiatives. We're bringing this project up again because it's an intersection of so many important possibilities in education. Educators from different areas meeting together to learn and to change their practice. Educators trying new things with students, focusing on building respectful relationships and creating a sense of belonging. Students from different majors and focuses in class together, leaning on their differences to create teams that value diverse perspectives. Educators being responsive to students' interests and needs and building a curriculum with students. Students interacting with real and complex problems and applying content as they learn new concepts and skills. But it's easy to talk about initiatives and ideas in their conception. Projects and protocols are flawless until you get the humans involved. So our interview with Vilene was a fantastic primer. It was a summary of all of these ideas. And again, I recommend that you listen. But what happens to initiatives and change when it's run through the system of real life? With real educators who've been doing things a certain way for a while, who have their own expertise and ideas, and how will it look with actual students? That's the place we're headed today. A few months have gone by since we talked to Aline about Insight, and a few key things have happened since we last spoke. First, the faculty workshop series on inclusive teaching has happened. And secondly, 30-some students have applied and been accepted to Insight. We now have people in the mix. So one of the first questions I had, one that we really couldn't answer at our last interview, was what was faculty thinking about teaching? Waleen's interview talks a lot about the commonalities that we see between K-12 and university education, both the problems and the opportunities, but Waleen's position within Insight kind of implies that she sees the need and is on board with the change. But what are other faculty members thinking? What are the challenges that they see and how might a program like Insight fit in? Okay.
0: Go ahead and introduce yourself, please. So my name is Anya Müller. I'm a professor of chemistry and biochemistry. Uh, My area in chemistry is uh, organic and materials. Um, And so then Anya has
2: been a part of all five of the workshops um, with... Anya Miller is one of the dozen or so faculty or staff who attended this faculty inclusive workshop series. The focus was on teaching and teaching in an inclusive way, and we covered everything from setting up a syllabus to our own position in the educational framework. And Dr. Miller was at every single one. So Anya, what did you find that was important or of
1: value to you from the workshops?
0: So for me, I am teaching a lot of uh, uh, lower classes with a lot of students, and I always lose a couple of them. Um, they either don't come back or they just they're not engaged. They are not learning, and I am trying very hard in all of my classes to get them, you know, to learn and to be part of part of the course in some ways but I will always lose some. And so uh, a lot of the time, sadly enough, it is also minority students that I'm losing. And so I was wondering if I can do something or that I'm doing something wrong for these students, uh, that
2: I can do something for the students to get them into the class and get them learning. Dr. Miller was not alone. So Julie attended three, and I attended four of the faculty workshop sessions. And this idea came up a lot. Students missing class, a general level of apathy, and gaps in learning. Not just in the content-specific things and skills, but in skills outside the field too. Maybe in writing in a certain way, in reading a textbook for comprehension, or understanding how to study. All of those were barriers to learning, and the faculty saw that. The other thing I want to note is that these conversations came out of a genuine concern from faculty. This was not a lamenting session or faculty members just talking about how did we get here and what's going on with these students. There was a genuine interest in breaking down these barriers, understanding why, and addressing these things within the classroom to help students improve. But focusing on discussions and topics like these in professional development is not universal here on campus. It felt pretty unfamiliar for some of these faculty, if I'm being honest. Dr. Mark Franzik was one of the faculty members who is set to teach in spring, and he also intended this inclusive teaching series.
3: Hi, I'm Mark Francic, and I'm a professor of geography and environmental studies here at Central Michigan University. I've been here for 34 years, and I've attended lots of workshops dealing with active learning, but nothing that ever really dealt with uh, important student skills for learning and learning about um, communication, learning to collaborate with others.
2: And what's so interesting is that this opportunity, teaching students in a new way that focuses on collaboration, that's why Mark is interested in teaching insight. It's not about his own expertise or imparting that on students. He's thinking about this as a learning opportunity for himself.
3: It's a new opportunity for me to do something that I really haven't done before. So it's something different. It's a it's it will give me insight into things that I really haven't studied or worked on before. So that's the real reason why I'm interested in the program. And what am I most excited about? Well, two things. I'm excited to work with uh, Professor Pangle. Uh She's dynamic. She uh, has a research interest in this. And I, I'm just ing- eager to learn from her and also to learn from my students as Um, As as may have been mentioned, uh, there's students from every discipline within science and engineering. Each of them are going to bring a different perspective, and I'm interested in learning from them.
2: So Anya hit on a concern that students aren't staying in the field, that there's an unintended drop-off happening, particularly among minority students. And she's not alone in that feeling. It's backed by lots of data. I've shared a few articles in the notes, but whether or not you read them, know that there is a disparate representation of women and minority groups in STEM jobs. And when we see something like that, where perhaps 15% of the population is of a particular minority group, but that same group is only represented as 2% of the engineering department, it's our responsibility to look at why. And some of those reasons are complex and beyond the control of instructors. But it turns out that there is a lot a teacher can do to make their course accessible and inclusive to many types of learners. And that was one of the focuses of this inclusive workshop, considering the wording of a syllabus, your grading practices, how you create small groups, thinking about the anecdotal stories that we tell in class. All of these factors can give students a sense of belonging in a classroom, or it can act as a barrier. Here's Anya and Julie.
0: And so and what Gina has done with the resources exactly, first of all, pointing out what it might have been what I'm doing wrong so that they are not getting into the class. And at the same time, also gives gives me tools on possibly grab those students and get them involved. So that is why I came back every single time, because I have seen this problem for years teaching now with those uh, Because I teach a hard class in organic Mm -hmm, chemistry, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I lose too many. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose them. So that's basically why I always come back. So
1: Gina, Dr. Gina Wilson, was the facilitator of the workshops. And I appreciate um, that Gina was very clear with her objectives and then was very specific with how... um, Someone who's an instructor can offer the opportunity to students to feel like they belong, to feel like they're seen and like they're heard. And now she made a very clear tie-in from belonging to a class, so students feeling as though they belong to a class, to engagement in the class and in the material, to persistence towards the degree. Faculty asking teachers to demonstrate to all students that they belong and here's why they belong, I thought was really important. And again, the specific the specific tools we could walk away from the workshops with instead of it being sort of um, very broad and very vague was, was helpful.
2: I took a new teaching position a few years ago. Now I was new to the building, but I did know several of the teachers who worked there and I was not new to teaching. I wasn't even new to the town, but I still didn't feel like I belonged. There was this shorthand code amongst the staff about silly things like dress up days to big things like curriculum to overarching things like student behavior. I mean, even the copy machine and where the paper was held and who could put it into the machine had a rule. And I didn't know any of it. Now my coworkers were nice and they were friendly and they would answer any question that I had but I had to be the one constantly asking the questions that everybody else knew the answer to. And it affected my perception of self. I never got to be the one talking within my strengths. I was always playing catch up about these protocols or these things, and it never allowed my skills to really shine through. And the mental load of learning all of this stuff, it impacted the amount of time I had, the amount of time I was able to spend on the work that truly mattered, my content and my students. I'm sure we've all been in a situation where our sense of belonging impacted our performance or sense of self. Maybe there was a party where everybody else knew each other better than you did and you were constantly playing catch up to inside jokes. Or a class in which there was a lack of skill sets from your prior classes that required you to to do less than your best. That lack of belonging impacts students, even if they're adept enough to cover it up so you don't notice. Okay, so I feel like it's my turn to be a little less of a storyteller and give you some concrete examples. What are some of these tools and ideas that were discussed in this workshop? Well, we spent a fair amount of time talking about language, especially in the syllabus. This is the first impression that you get of a teacher, right? And you see that in secondary classes in high schools and in college campuses, there's often a section of policy and protocol. And some of it comes from the university or from the school. And a lot of it gets copied and pasted from every chemistry syllabus in your department since the advent of copy and paste. It's been there for a long time. And much of it implies a level of in the know, we assume that students know what APA is, so we mention it, but we don't expand. We assume that students are in the about office hours, so we say when we have them, but we don't explain what their purpose might be and why a student would want to attend. We assume that students are already adept at a certain level of math, so we don't break down our weighted grading policies, we just assume that they'll figure it out. So on top of teaching in an inclusive way, Insight differs from other courses and majors in another really important way.
1: I'm curious, why do you see the Insight certificate as being valuable to CMU students?
0: Uh, so I think Insight is actually crucial, not just valuable in this case. Um, if I have been working in chemistry for almost my career now. If you look at What you do with chemistry, and I'm just talking chemistry because I know this best, but this is going to be applicable to pretty much most sciences, is that when, you know, you always uh, do some part in a group with other scientists Mm -hmm. from other fields. Uh, If you go work in industry, a chemist is going to work with the chemical engineers and they might be uh, working with the biochemists if they go in the medical route. Um, But there's barely any job that basically is just straight chemistry. Um, Unfortunately, most of the teaching, which is standard by our accreditation body, which is the American Chemical Society, um, the teaching is still all just straight. Chemistry, so, in that case, we are not preparing them for the jobs because they are not learning how to uh, how to talk to the other fields, and so, I have been personally trying to uh, change that since my background is actually in biology and chemistry. Uh, it was fairly clear to me that that was a major problem from the get go. So i've been teaching five hundred interdisciplinary classes uh, where I put in the biology part as well as the language each case as well as the engineering whatever is needed all right and so I do that by myself because I've worked with so many interdisciplinary projects that I can but that's on a five hundred level i can't you know I can't stick it into the majors in any other way so insight finally gets this Collaboration going from the get go, from the freshman level on. On top of that, we are not very good at teaching writing the way the scientists need it, right? Or basically get the students to actually present the right way, which they never want to do in the first place. And so when they can do this in a group that they're comfortable with because they're a cohort, they're starting from the beginning to the end and stay together and get comfortable with each other, then we have a much better time to put this in where it belongs. It's from the very get-go.
2: So, so far, all of this has been from an educator perspective. How the preparation portion of Insight, these conversations about the inclusive teaching and belonging and collaboration, how those have been going. But there are some key players who are not in the conversation yet. I'm going to play a series of clips from students. These students are in the program and they're attending their first class in January. They're poised much like Waleen was a few months ago, where they're talking about an idea that they've signed up for that they haven't yet started. I'm just going to let them play so you can hear their perspective instead of mine. And I want to leave you thinking about how do... Does this focus on the integration of skills, on belonging and inclusive collaboration? How do these concepts that faculty have been talking about align with what the students have to say? So why did you apply to the program? Um, I think it's really important to, as a STEM major, to um, apply yourself in the STEM community as much as you can.
0: Problem solving is what you get out of engineering. But the insight certification really teaches you not only to work with other people but also to group problem solve and to look at things from perspectives
2: that aren't just your own. Uh,
3: as soon as I saw the program,
2: I got really excited because I wanted to work in a really collective
3: environment.
2: Learn ways to be like, oh, this person's more suited for this job, and then realize that you yourself have to responsible kind of also try to find a place. Help me get like those real life science skills that I feel like apply once I like go to grad school or go into the work and all the research opportunities and to really be able to
0: study what you want to study and not have to follow the specific curriculum that the college set aside, like, sets aside is such an amazing opportunity. And we're all just thrown into a room saying, hey, here's a problem, go fix it. I mm-hmm. wanted to be a part of that. Other than internships, really, in our classroom, we're not using our hands-on experience, so it's going to allow us to do that. What are you most excited about for INSIGHT?
2: Um, I think I'm most excited to like... Be able to like study with people like like minded people and be able to learn as much as I can about like, real-world real skills.
0: Oh, I think what really caught my attention was getting started in research early.
2: And I wanted to work with my peers on things that I would get to work on in the
0: classroom. Learning new things and meeting new people, because I haven't really been around on campus. I've also been doing like, the same thing, like, going to my dorm chair and then, like, that's it. I'm really excited to create. I have always loved making things. And I think not only being able to make things in a classroom environment and get college credit for it, but also to be able to create with colleagues, to have friends that will also be engaging in this creative process. That's going to be amazing. I'm so excited.
2: Going to close out today's episode with some reflections from my colleague, Amanda Cornwell.
3: Just
4: this week, I read an article referencing the longest running study on happiness. In it, the author noted that genetic predisposition and something that German philosopher Martin Heidegger calls thrownness basically the life circumstances into which a person is born, are beyond our control. Outside these two uncontrollable factors, and what brought insight to mind, is the impact of our relationships or human connection on happiness. People are built for connecting and relating to one another, and yet nowadays we are often more isolated in our daily lives for a number of reasons, one of which is the influence of technology. Sure, happiness isn't the same as an educator's instructional practice or student success, but happiness or belonging and safety, as has been discussed in Insight, and the social nature of learning are indeed related. Seeing educators come together to intentionally work toward creating community, the personal connections that people today desperately need, is inspiring.
2: A special thank you to all the Insight students and faculty who took their time to talk to Julie and I for this episode. Teach Wonder is brought to you by the Center for Excellence in STEM Education at Central Michigan University. Thanks for listening.